Weekend World Cup Coffee and Tea at Northwest 18th in Gleason for this OMN Coffee Shop Conversation. I'm Tom D'Antoni. With me today is bassist Dave Call. He's a blues man, and he has been for a long time a fixture on the scene with many bands, including the legendary final Paul DeLay band with the big man, David Vest, Peter Dammon, Jeff Minnick, among others. These days, he's in two or three or four bands. It's the life of an Oregon musician. Dave's history is the history of blues music in Portland from the 1960s blues revival to this minute. There are lots of parts of this story that we didn't get to, but just wait till you hear about his encounter with Charles Minkus and how it changed his life. Let's meet the guy you always see in the back on bass, Dave Call. Dave, welcome to the cupping room. Thank you. World Cup Coffee and Tea, Northwest 18th in Gleason, our home for coffee shop conversations. Yeah. Um, let's see. How many bands are you in right now? Well, <laughs> technically, I'm actually in three, but it could be it could be more. I, I, I'm, I'm, I, it seems that the more I try to pair things back. Uh huh. The more demand there is. That's, so, that's not bad. Well, it's not. You know, it's just that I'm old enough that I want to spend more time at home. <laughs> <laughs> so you're in. Well, technically, I'm in the Bayou Boys. Yes. Which became a band. It was. It just kind of. What was it before? <laughs> well, it was. It was actually. A substituting for Dover Weinberg and and Lloyd Jones when they were out on the road on a Wednesday night uh-huh. with the other quote band yeah soul cooking uh-huh. um, and you know I had played with Steve Karen and I'd played with mm-hmm. uh, with 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 Mark Shark but they'd never played with each other <laughs> and I'd always been a little bit you know I guess off the beaten path with with ideas uh-huh. i um i hear other voices and i go you know i think not just musically but personality wise there's uh-huh. something here that could gel uh-huh. and uh and, and it's worked really remarkably well in the past and so i figured what the hell i'm i'm gonna try it again and and not only did it sound great but everybody got along really well and and the topper was shit you guys gotta be a band <laughs> and so we tried it again yeah on another wednesday uh-huh. and more people glommed onto it and and we're, we're saying man this is this is like concert quality <laughs> i was thinking well there you go <laughs> okay I, I you know i i i guess maybe something will come of it but then the lady at uh, that owns Blackwell's, uh-huh. um, Jan Delorme, uh-huh. who's a sweet lady. She's given us a, a home for six years there. Yeah. Um, she comes to me and she says, Dave, you know me. I don't know anything about music, but I know what I like, and I like this. <laughs> Do you guys want to work another night? Ah. And that's how Sunday uh-huh. came along. Uh-huh. It was it was a. a 
a, a, a time and a place where everybody was agreeable and uh -huh. it's gone from there. Uh, Brian Foxworth is in both bands, right? Yes, yes. And you're yes. in both bands. I'm in both bands. Anybody else in both bands? No. Okay. Well, although although Lloyd likes to say that he he is an honorary <laughs> Bayou boy. So, so you know, and and who can say no to Lloyd Jones, you know. But uh, you've been playing with him for a long time, haven't you? Oh, yeah, actually, uh, as I, I I like to reference it as tours of duty. <laughs> my, my first tour was was uh, in the mid '80s, and then again officially uh, the tail end of the '90s, uh -huh. and then um, and then you know we we you know I'd I'd fill in you know with his band uh -huh. in the ensuing years and. And after a while, um, when this opportunity at Blackwell's for Wednesdays popped up, yeah, which was another kind of a fluky thing, um, first person I could think of um, when it really got down to it was was Lloyd. Yeah, he's my buddy. It's like yeah. it's like you know his 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 phone number is etched in memory so you know it, it's one of those things and uh -huh. and lloyd of course immediately said yes and uh with that i'd been doing tuesday nights with dover weinberg and and chris carlson at mm -hmm. uh duff's garage <laughs> and, which was another thing another one of those wasn't ever supposed to be abandoned ended up 18 years of, of Tuesday nights but I thought about Dover now what's and, the name of that band um that was well actually we we called it the that was called the Dover Weinberg Quartet okay <laughs> you know, we, yeah yeah we, we toyed around with everything else but Dover was the one that actually got us our first booking so we there said okay go. why not why it's not? you yeah <laughs> and 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 Dover is about as close to the poster boy for the anti-band leader as it gets. <laughs> I love him. I've known him since you know. I've known him since high school. Really? Yeah, we were wow. in we were in classes together. And <laughs> what high school was that? That was David Douglas. Uh -huh. um, when we when we first entered Douglas, it was at that point declared the largest high school in the state our graduating class <laughs> was over 900 people <laughs> and somehow we found ourselves sitting next to each other in an english class that frankly i found pretty boring uh -huh. um teacher was nice but you know they were more into discussing the Valley of the Dolls than than, than, than anything, you know. Really, that's weird. Yeah, that really. Well, the teacher was pretty, pretty hip, but but it was you know was, all the girls were talking about Valley of the Dolls, and all the guys were looking at each other, and and I just I would take the time to just doodle, and Dover at one point looks over and says, "What's that?" And, Said, so, well, this is, this is a a a band. This is all this. He's, well, what's that? That's an amplifier. <laughs> oh, well, what's that? That that, that that's an organ. That's a, <laughs> and, and and he um. 
he blames me and he says i credit you i say he blames me uh <laughs> for being his first corrupting influence uh, he had been in nice you know classical music and, and you know, quintessential you know you know jewish upbringing and and um and I was the one that got him to want to play rock and roll and blues. <laughs> and so <laughs> it, went, it went downhill from there. But it's... Is he still touring? He's touring with Robert Cray, although he's in wow. town for the next few weeks. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. whenever he's in town, he's part of soul cooking. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> that must be... Is he having a good time with Robert Cray? Oh, he's having a killer time with Robert. Yeah, you know, I bet. That, you know that—that's old home for him. Dover and I, in the mid '70s, uh-huh. lived in a house full of musicians. Um, there were, at, at one point, there were at least four different bands represented in one household. Uh-huh. And Dover had gone when I when we lived together. Besides a band that we had together, he. Uh, he played with Paul DeLay uh-huh. and he also played with Robert huh. and so and <laughs> and so by the time all was said and done he uh, uh, he had you know pretty much locked in with Robert yeah. and then yeah. Robert switched up on you know, on the band and and yeah. and Dover became you know the blues slut you know and <laughs> Started working with everybody. Everybody, yeah. <laughs> everybody. So, you, they, so far you, you've named two bands. Yes. You said there was a third band. Yeah, I still work with Terry Robb. All right. Uh, and then, um, and then when he needs me, I should point out, young Ty Curtis. Ah. Uh, and um, mm-hmm. that I got to tell you, that's that's one that really took me by surprise because. Um, I've always had this thing for young players, you know, uh-huh. more more out of the traditions mm-hmm. that I had been raised with. Yeah, um, I'd had incredible world class musicians uh, take me under their wing uh-huh. uh, when they really had no business. I mean, there was there was nothing apparent. In in, 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 in in why they would do it. But uh, um, it started out with a guy named Buddy Fight. Uh-huh. Buddy Fight, you know, who Willie Nelson refers to as his teacher. Wow. A um, bunch of other, you know, really great. Did he uh, live here? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. When Willie was, was uh, DJing for K-Van across the river. <laughs> It was it was him and Buddy. Wow! And and, and Buddy was a, a, a remarkable player because when he fir- when he first picked up the guitar, he had never seen one played. <laughs> and he and he that's assumed, hard to believe. Oh yeah, he <laughs> assumed that you approach it like 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 a piano. Uh huh. And so he <laughs> developed this style <laughs> that even when he adjusted it um, for a as close to a, a more traditional approach as can be, was able to uh, uh, lay down three parts simultaneously. He could, he could kick bass, 
chord and 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 run melodies and solos <laughs> all at once. He was, wow. he was phenomenal player, but he huh. had picked me up uh, early on and said, you know, kid, you know, you got some promise here. Let me help you out. And um, so over the years, if I saw a young player that I really mm-hmm. liked, mm-hmm. Um, and I saw some some real promise in, I would I would encourage as best I could. Next mm-hmm. thing I know, I get this young player, Ty Curtis, you know, offering mm-hmm. me a gig, and <laughs> and my first question t- to him was. Do you really want your grandpa playing in a band <laughs> with you? <laughs> and and, and he, he basically brushed it off. He said, you know, I like you and I like what you do. And I, I think you can help center me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, so we, we went for the first year on the assumption that, you know, look, I'm going to be temporary. Yeah. I don't have your shelf life. So, so I'm gonna take it uh, 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 as 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 I'm filling in. I'm I'm, I'm basically a a a, a, a placemaker. Uh-huh. But this is what I think you 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 need. And I, I expressed to him at that point uh, that that from what I was getting, he needed a young guy who was as close to Billy Cox. As could be, you know, someone yeah, who, yeah. who could stretch it out, yeah. but who was solidly centered, you know. I mean, uh-huh. Hendrix and Freddie King, right? You know, right, right. And so, so he he did try others at various points, and and consistently came back to me. And the last time he did, it was look, um, Dave. I know that you got your your plate pretty full. Mm-hmm. But I love you, and 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 you do bring out the best in me, and so I assumed that that's how I was going to go out. <laughs> but then you know things pretty much yeah. you know with 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 my wife at home you know pretty much needing me more and more you know she's got MS she's uh-huh. bedridden yeah. Um, and and Ty was still very supportive. Um, he helped me work through it, and finally realized, you know, he realized, mm-hmm. as I had bef- a few months before, that that no matter how much we wanted it, yeah. we couldn't really uh, do it. Yeah, yeah. On a regular basis, but yeah. you know. He'll be coming up in in uh, February, and uh-huh. I'll be playing, you know, a handful of gigs with him then. That's good. Yeah, that's so, good. That's good. You know, he keeps me feeling like in high school. <laughs> <laughs> so, how many times were you with the big man? I'm, oh man! <laughs> oh, I know about I know about the David Vest era. Yeah, which is. Maybe my favorite Portland band of all time. Oh, I love that, uh, <laughs> I love that band. That was that was nothing like that band. Oh heck! Uh, I you know I played with Paul for the commitment was about six years. Yeah. Um, yeah. So was it, it about four of that with Vest? Actually, three. Actually, no. I really, I. It's interesting. I had done these Sundays up on the mountain. Yeah. And 
and we would bring a special guest up and Paul was a pretty consistent one yeah okay and it's funny because everybody I asked thought I was nuts to to ask about a, a Sunday afternoon gig up on Mount Hood yeah you know who the hell's going to show up? Yeah, and 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 you know, really, what good is it going to do? But uh, but every one of them after the first go uh-huh. went. This is this is absolutely marvelous, and it was because I took the pressure off. It wasn't a uh-huh. performance. Right. It was. Right. It was. Right. Look, you know, let's show folks how we how we get acquainted, uh-huh. how we put tunes together. You know, let's let's do that. You know, drop that that wall and and invite them into the process. And because of that, you know, Paul and 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 and, and Terry and Lloyd and and um. Your phone's ringing. My it's phone's okay. Ringing. I gotta hang. Don't this worry up. about it. <laughs> it's all right. Just don't worry about it. Uh, and Just. the fact is. The fact is, is that it, you know, I mean, Curtis and and and, uh-huh. and Duffy and everybody just went. This is this is awesome. We love it because we feel like we're hanging with friends, but we're making good music. Yeah. And 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 so we had passed it around. Well, in the course of a couple of years, Paul and I would be talking, and and Paul had gone through a pretty serious. Um, um, Conundrum. Yeah. He, he had he'd had this band of friends yeah. who had stuck with him a lot through thin. Yeah. yeah. You know, not just the thick. Right. And he and loyalty was a, a clear issue, but he mm-hmm. wanted to get more back to his roots. Yeah. yeah. And um and I would talk him through the process and say, Listen, Paul, you know, you you've got stuff that you want to do. Mm-hmm. What um What your friends mm-hmm. are gonna think is a matter of how deep that friendship is. Mm-hmm. You know, the, I think they'll understand mm-hmm. if you make a move, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And he had made a decision, yeah. and at, 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 and it did not include me. It included Vest. Wow. Um, you know, I I never thought I'd played a, you know a gig here and a gig there. Yeah. Where Paul was involved, yeah. But 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 other than these Sundays, there was no real regular thing happening, and I never really considered myself as part of the equation. Yeah. yeah. And um, when he had made his decision, among the considerations was, hey, look, you know, uh, Bubba, I would, I'd, I'd, I'd play it off night with you if you, if you, if you get it so yeah. i did one uh wednesday nights as a matter of fact at uh the spare room and it ah, was the Paul. spare room <laughs> the, the spare room the nice you know, yeah. <laughs> you know it, it, hey it, that's it, one of those disappearing portland things yeah that's, that's unique you yeah know? in, in yeah. those days the best description of it yeah was was a senior center with a bar. <laughs> and, and so I set up this gig with Paul yeah. and Vest uh-huh. and me and yeah. no drummer. Wow. And, and, uh, and no guitar player. 
no guitar player. Wow. No, it was just harp, piano, and and bass. Wow. And and we were having fun and yeah. and um, it's like a couple three gigs into the run. We're playing and Paul turns around and he says, "Hey, Bubba, how'd you like to play in my band?" <laughs> And I said, well, I thought you'd already made up your mind. He says, well, on second thought, I, 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 I think you might be a better fit. Wow. And I had to ask him the, the, the question of why. Oh. <laughs> because I'd been hired by guys yeah, yeah. who knew how I played. Yeah. And as soon as I joined, would want to change how I played. <laughs> and, and, and Paul basically hit... He, he, he hit on all cylinders on this one. He said, Dave, mm-hmm. we had enough times to play together. You know, with guitar player, mm-hmm. drummer, keyboard player. He says, but on this one, yeah. it's just you, me, and Vest. And it took me a bit to realize that I had to listen to you. Oh, <laughs> and once I did, I realized why I hadn't actually noticed you before, <laughs> and that's what told that that's what wow. what what yeah. told me it was yeah. right. Paul, I'm I'm with you, wow. and 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 having Vest in that band <laughs> just just added a whole other dimension. You know, we used to the drummer Jeff Minnick and I yeah. used to used to. You know, make jokes. You know, out of both awe and love. Yes. Which you know, he's, you know, Vest is a nutty professor. Oh yeah, absolutely, <laughs> you know, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and, yeah. and 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 you know, there's a guy, you know, who just you know, added a whole, whole other dimension. And, fr- and frankly, to be to be honest with you, I I, I feel like there was. As eclectic as I know Paul's tastes actually were, yeah, I think he missed yeah. opportunities yeah. to yeah. delve into the eclectic tastes of right. David Vest. Right. That's the That's if true. I were if I were going to yeah. have any yeah. regret, that would be it. Yeah, um, I remember after Paul died, and of course David kept the band together. Yeah. Um, uh, were you on stage at the Aladdin for the? Paul DeLay benefit concert the night that the band played Sun Ra. Yes, absolutely. Well, remember I was I I I I am seated. I introduced him and yeah. you recited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, no, I didn't. Do, I didn't do the poetry that night. We did that later. That, that was okay. But That's right. but I just looked. I I looked out. I know you were involved in the playing. I looked out in the audience when you guys started Sun Ra. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, just—they were shocked. What the heck is that? What the heck is that? What was it like on the inside? Oh man, it was—it was—it <laughs> was—it was challenging. Uh, yeah, it was challenging. Yeah, and and you know, I've told people before. So you you know, you want to keep my interest? Challenge me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I yeah. this ain't this you know I, I I have no problem with working at it. Yeah, I have a problem when it becomes work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and 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 David had this ability to to pull the work ethic out uh-huh. of you. At uh-huh. the same time, he allowed you to play. Yeah, and that's yeah. 
Yeah. That's uh-huh. something that, that 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 really hits home for yeah. me. Yeah. I can't I can't limit myself yeah. to to just go through the motions. Yeah. No, I read the Sun Ra poetry along with a band at Duff's a few times. Yes. And also at Jimmy Max. Right. Yeah. Cool. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh. Uh, he did. He 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 went through his Sun Ra period. All right. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. Well, the funny thing, the thing, the thing that the, that was good between he and I is that I interviewed Sun Ra once. Oh. Yes. 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 So I had some. I had some credibility going there. You know. Oh. <laughs> You know, I, I'm, 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 I'm laughing because I remember him, him talking about, we got to do Monk Light and Vermouth. Yes. <laughs> I used to play that on my radio show all the time oh. when I was doing the jazz show. Yeah. I was going, yeah. all right. Yes, yes, yes. Remember, remember the, the, the night at Duff's when he had Brainerd come up and play, and play Monk? Yes. On the on the on on the, on the pedal steel. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, oh. a lap steel. I guess it was. Good lap steel. Yeah. 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 Oh. Well, and there's another player, I'd worked with in the past. Oh, Brainerd. Brainerd. Yeah. 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 I, I love Paul. <laughs> Loved him forever. So all right. So you're 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 a Portland boy. Yes. And so when did the bug bite you? Well, the bug really bit me i mean it 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 planted its seed when i was about four or five really yeah i my my mother tells me about me breaking a coffee table (laughs) pretending to be fats domino (laughs) and um but by about five she did she fell victim to uh traveling accordion salesman <laughs> and so um that was actually my first instrument really yeah wow and, and i actually liked it but what i didn't like was that it got dragged everywhere yeah, yeah. including on fishing trips oh, and when 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 it was one of those <laughs> things when it got to that point i said that's it i can't do this <laughs> what i really wanted to play in those days I had no idea what the instrument was. Mm-hmm. I'd heard it. I wanted to play the sax. I ah. thought it was the trumpet that I was hearing, only because <laughs> I knew it was a horn. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And 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 um, years and you know, oh gosh, I was in fifth grade, uh-huh. and uh, my neighbor, my neighbor buddy was going to join the school band and he says hey i'm going to pick up trumpet uh-huh. says, okay what the heck i'll pick up trumpet too <laughs> went in and we it ended up being pretty renowned trumpet player that was the band leader oh uh, the director was larry morell uh-huh. and larry morell was close buddies with Doc Severinsen. Uh, I knew. I, I, you know, for some reason, I, I, I was thinking. I wonder if there's a Doc, Doc Severinsen reference in here somewhere. Oh, 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 oh well. <laughs> and Doc was Doc. I, I, I found out because Larry also taught uh, at, at the high school. Yeah. That Doc um, actually would bring charts in to Larry Morell and have the David Douglas High School Band. Um, 
run through them so he could get an idea as to what what was <laughs> going to work before he would wow. take him in to the Tonight Show. Jeez. Yeah. Um, that? But by that time, I had already, I had already, um, I quit the trumpet. Uh, I had picked up, I had gone to some piano lessons, uh-huh. was getting frustrated by teachers not answering my questions, um, and kind of thought at that point, I'm done, you know, I, I'll never find something that, that really yeah. sticks. Yeah. And uh, traded my trumpet in for a guitar for my brother. Oh. Who took lessons from this old guy, George Hardy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, but Mr. Hardy would let me sit in and observe the lessons. And one day he says, listen, um, I want to work three parts out. Um, I want to comp the chords. I want to have your brother play the the lead. Mm-hmm. Dave, do you think you can pick out the bass part? And I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking, what are you talking about? <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. You know, you know. I'm, I thought, you know, right, yeah. doghouse. Yeah. And and he says, no, they have bass guitars. I'm like 13 years old at this point. <laughs> and and. And and he and he has me listen to the part mm-hmm. on the record. You hear that? And he starts picking it out on the guitar. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, everything came alive. Wow! That was it. Thirteen <laughs> years old, and that's when I determined for myself uh-huh. that I was going to go and I was going to find any work that I could so I could save up money for an electric bass guitar. Huh. And managed to do it in short what, order. What was your first one? <laughs> it was a Lyle um, Japanese knockoff. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it looked like the bastard child of a precision bass and a Stratocaster. <laughs> um, it was neck heavy as all get out. Uh-huh. But it was cheap. Yes. And yes. Uh, got it from a... Uh, Midway Midget Music, the owner of the place was Harry Gilgum, who uh, was a pretty well-respected uh, uh, pianist, uh, played with a lot of the big bands in town. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was through Harry that I actually met Buddy Fight. Ah. So everything kind of just, just, just gelled around that moment. Uh-huh. And... Um, and and from there it was it was I was 16 and had been you know continuing with lessons had a couple of folks you know telling me how how good I was Mm -hmm. as if I was any good I don't know but um, but I get a call to play in this band out in the boonies that uh, I auditioned for and Mm -hmm. realized you know, I really don't want to play in this band. Not, you know, I, they weren't edgy enough for me. But they talked me into hanging with them for 30 days because they had some gigs that they needed filling. Yeah. And with that, um, it ended up being almost a year. Wow. Of, what kind of stuff did the band play? Oh, there was some 
you know, a lot of really good stuff and a uh-huh. lot of, you know, it was like, it was variety. I mean, yeah. it was ver- really a, everything from the Beatles to, um, we play a couple of Who tunes because I, yeah, I kind of forced it on him, yeah. you know, and, and, and Arthur Conley. And, yeah. and, and so much, so much of pop music was blues based at that time. Well, yeah. But yeah. then we'd go and start, you know, playing these insipid summer wine and, 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 <laughs> bubblegum type tunes yeah. and and it just it just 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 wasn't right <laughs> and and uh and, but but they were they were a a favorite among promoters ah and so every week uh-huh i would get out of school early on <laughs> on a friday yeah and go and hit the road and 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 find myself opening up for the Whalers or the Sonics or, uh-huh. you know, a bunch of uh, Dawn of the Good Times and uh-huh. the, all of these. What's the name of the band? It's called The Fire. The Fire. Yeah. The Fire. And and and, and uh, I, at one point I, uh, we actually recorded uh-huh. a tune that hit number 10 in, in, in Boise. <laughs> <laughs> Big in Boise. Oh, big! Oh, we're big in Boise. <laughs> and it was like, at that, it was like, it was like, I, I just, you know, we had, we had endorsement uh, deals with, um, with um, uh, Hagstrom, uh-huh. and and an amplifier deal with the company that became um, Unicord. Uh-huh. Uh, it was like the first <laughs> attempt at, at solid state modular approach it was a system that frank zappa designed jeez and it it, frankly it was a killer idea yeah Uh, i had i had like over a thousand watts of cumulative power and four cabinets with a total of eight 15 inch speakers wow you know we could be punishing you know there's no doubt and fire indeed yeah and we and 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 you know we were darlings of everybody, but I still couldn't. I, you know, and we got paid well. Yeah. And yeah. the thing is, I just finally got to the point where I said, I'm done. I yeah. can't. I, I quit. I'm going to go join my, 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 my brother and a couple of buddies <laughs> and play blues because that's what I like. <laughs> and and that's, that pretty much, you know, set, settled it for me. Yeah. At yeah. that point... Um, while I, you know, I would learn and work in other genres, mm-hmm. you know, I found it was actually Charles Mingus that that really? uh, that 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 nailed it for me because I had gone to see him at a gig, um, two shows, and at the tail end of one, he sat about ten feet, sat himself down about ten feet away, and. Yeah. I got shamed into going to say something to him. Uh oh. <laughs> only thing that I could come up with was, Mr. Mingus, I know I don't mean shit to you, but I want to thank you for having existed. <laughs> and, and, and he put his hand out and he said, Cool, really? man. Oh, that's nice. You come this far, you know. That's you nice. You play. And I said, I'm, I mostly work at it. And he said, What yeah. you working at? And I told him blues and he, made a distinction of you know is it going to be is it is it you, you working on form you playing that greasy gutter shit <laughs> and, <laughs> and with that I, I i pretty much admitted that while 
I was studying it. Yeah. I really was playing the greasy gutter shit. <laughs> and he just basically said, it, it, that's a lifetime right there. And, yeah. um, and what did he mean by greasy gutter shit? Like what? Well, um, he was talking about, like, you know, like the Delta stuff, you know. Oh. Really, <laughs> you know, you know, and... And to and he's actually he, he asked me who I listened to ah. as a bass player and uh-huh. he said well besides you you know um, Willie Dixon of course you know and and, and Duck Dunn ah. <laughs> and, uh-huh. and and he was intrigued and huh. and he had asked me why and I said well you know I could never expect to 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 know what you know. You bring all of these tools, and you, yeah. and and it's it's just the right ones that that, that they bring to the table, and the, you know they, they they speak to the head and, and 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 to the heart and soul, you know, it, it it's a complete story. Mm-hmm. And then he asked me about you know that other guy. I said, which one, Willie Dixon? And he says, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I said, well, he hasn't got your tools. But somehow he speaks to the same space for me. Yeah. And yeah. and he and he points his finger at me. and says, "That's the lifetime I'm talking about." Ah. <laughs> and so I realized at that point. Yeah. yeah. That it 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 was honorable. Yeah. That it wasn't just you know um, settling or or, yeah. Or, yeah. or or pie in the sky. And what what's really cool about it is it allowed me entree to playing with some of my heroes so uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, thank you Charles Mingus <laughs> <laughs> indeed yeah. indeed thank you Charles oh. Mingus I remember I was at a club in DC one time and I got there early so I could get a good seat and before anything else happened he came out and sat at the piano and played for about 20 minutes oh yeah oh. I know it was god amazing <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> there's a there's a, a recording from Jazz Fest in New Orleans in the mid seventies that there's a track that, where he plays piano. And he's just sitting there fucking around. Oh man, oh yeah. man. Yeah. Oh yeah. god. Have you seen uh, there's a, a killer uh, documentary that Terry Robb turned me on to. On Mingus? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Triumph of the Underdog. Oh yeah. 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 That's inspiring. I remember it. I was taking a train trip across country one one year, and uh, I had uh, his autobiography with me to read. Oh yeah. And I'm going like, wait a minute. So then I fucked this girl. And then I fucked this girl. And then I fucked. <laughs> Would you please get to the music, yes, Charles? Yes, Charles, <laughs> please, Chuck. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, you know, and again, it's like it's like it's like, you know. Again. He's like Orson Welles. Pardon? I think he's like Orson Welles. Oh I, yes. I, I I I think they're they're a lot alike. Oh, oh I can see that. I <laughs> yeah. can see that. You yeah. know, I again, you know, for me, you know, seeing that documentary did it all yeah. because I mean, yeah. it just completed it. It was like, okay, yeah. Yeah. here's a man who had his own disappointments in spite of what he said. I'll say. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> but that said, yeah. you know, it just yeah. again it it it. You know, the, you know, cats like him and Willie Dixon, you know, not just musically, but socially. Yeah. Made an imprint 
on me. Yeah. And say, yeah. It is politics. Right. That, I mean, if I was going to say anything, you know, look, I love the people I play with. Uh -huh. I, I, I revere those that I have. And, and, and I'm amazed by, by, the, the, by the wealth of, of, of knowledge and experience you know, and passion that's, that's yeah. on display at any particular time, especially in this town. Yeah. But, but, but fundamentally, you know, I'm at the age now where I'm, I, I, I'm looking at legacy. Yeah. You know, and it's like, yeah. look. Me too. It's my hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, oh, I mean, <laughs> I know. Me too. Um, but it's like, it's like, it's like, you know, okay. If, if this is going to be the last part of your life, David, what are you going to do with it? Yeah. You know, and, and for me, it's, it's, it, it all kind of collectively comes together with all of those things that I mentioned before from yeah. my, 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 my younger, you know, uh, you know, discoveries and, and, and passions yeah. uh, to connecting with, with other younger players yeah. to, to connecting with, with peers to, to, as a bass player, I have to listen and, and, and mediate. And, and so for me, it was like, what do I hear? What do I hear beyond the music? What do I hear of, of their lives, of their struggles? And, yeah. and, and, and it's not just musicians, it's other artists. Mm -hmm. um, um, and, and, and for the law, I mean, it, from my own experience, and certainly from a lot of intuition, uh, but really decidedly over the last couple of years especially, I've become more conscious mm -hmm. of, of the fact that, that musicians and other artists and artisans are the canary in the economic coal mine. Right. You know, so, so what's, who's doing something for them? You know? Nobody. Nobody. Except, except that it looks like, you know, as bad as everything is now becoming mm -hmm. and becoming apparent, it's, 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 general appearance is 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 what's providing the opportunity mm -hmm. to actually be able to do something so right now music and the arts is my politics and it's 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 like look you guys you know we've we've got you know cultural trusts and, and, and commissions mm -hmm. and all of the all of these these organizations and, and agencies that are speaking to rightly the institutional side mm -hmm. um, you know, in, 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 in the grander historical context you know that's those are the measure of, of, of a society um, and how civilized we may or may not be mm -hmm. but at at every point along the way, there are those who are 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 are, are practicing at a more common level. Mm -hmm. There are those who are are learning. No one is born a master with you know 
not everybody's Mozart, you know. But but that said, it's like who's advocating for these guys? Right. You know, other than the union to a certain degree, but even yeah. at that, it's it's like, look, maybe we should, you know, organize ourselves. Maybe we should be the ones that are drawing attention to to policy makers to realize that 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 it, they've, there's a lot that they stand to lose mm-hmm. by losing us and with that um, by addressing it there's a lot more to gain yeah musicians however have one advantage over other people in the arts writers painters yes right? you get to go perform yes you get to leave your house and you get to be in a, you get to be with your peers and you get to perform yes writers i just they just have the keyboard you know of course it's always been that way well of course but now when everything is so soul crushing you know mhm and it's very difficult to be um creative i think uh you know it's tough Yes, very tough. Absolutely. Well, th- yeah. that's that's where I'm I'm looking at things from changing the sis- the, the the systemic paradigm. There, are, you know, think about it. Um, we have, you know, it's it's always been the information age. It's just who's who's. Right. Who's got hold of the media? Right. Or the medium right. for for uh, distributing, for originating and distributing yes. information, right. what of whatever kind, and and so for me it really gets down to you have this technological advance that's opening up doors, and not at all unlike the music industry there's this tendency towards treating it as territory when it's process and so how do you change the paradigm well it's also also the internet is like is like walking into a uh, if we still had record stores yeah. walking into a record stores and, and you only go to the section where you like yeah. music where you like and you you don't you leave all of it all the rest of it alone that's what the internet has turned into Yes. Little bubbles. Yes. And, uh, you know, back in the old days, uh, I was the publisher of the underground paper in Baltimore. Right. You know, and we had to invent our own media. And I think it may be time to do that again. I agree. Offline. Offline. No Internet. Right. You know, just just a just a just a, a newspaper, you know. Well, and the thing is, you know, here's the thing. Millennials would think that's cool. Yeah. It's like they like LPs. Yes. You know, it's, a, yeah, it's yeah, the same yeah. thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, but see, but see, you're talking about, you're talking about the physical world is analog. Right. Okay. Yes. So let's bring right. it back to its analog sensibilities. Exactly. And right. and you know that's that's again you know what you're talking about in terms of of publications. Mm-hmm where I'm at right now what yeah. seems to be now actually getting some some serious traction is 
is this 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 concept that I've taken and 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 just put out for for analog uh, an analog answer to some other more serious right issues right. for the creative for working class creatives right right and that's to say okay look we can you know, if, you know we, we've got this 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 laundry list of problems what's what what are the fundamental roots you know, what do we what do we have to address in order to 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 open up um, this community that is in need but yeah. that is not needy, right? And and uh, right now uh, we've got a. I use Facebook as a community organizing tool, um, and and what we've got is this creative community cooperative project that 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 uh, has taken this full menu of issues and concerns. Including health and wellness, yeah. including food insecurity, right. housing. Right. So it's all built on housing right. and proximity to work yeah. and education. And 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 what I did was actually I, I took the 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 full range of issues that my wife and I uh -huh. contend with. Uh -huh. I said, you know, if I was going to design a if I, if I was going to create a program that would attend to all of these issues. From from the the illness and infirmities, to 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 um, all the way up to uh, uh, through the social service uh, 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 strata, and and into um, community connection. Mm -hmm. What would it look like? And and it was more of an in, academic yeah. exercise, you yeah, know, and yeah. and. Um, I had a, a, a professor uh, from uh, Western Washington University happen to look over my shoulder and see me working on this, um, and she got it. And mm -hmm. it turns out she's she teaches programs that mm -hmm. that that are are proposal oriented, mm. and and. That are directed towards human services. Mm -hmm. She says, "David, you got to work this out. This yeah. this looks really good." One thing's led to another, and ultimately, what I did was I took this this array of programs and um, took a design challenge. I said, "Okay, if I was going to imprint this as as for lack of a, a, a better description, uh, a network of of." Uh, of creative cultural safe spaces, high impact, uh, small footprint, in you know, into a high density uh -huh, area uh -huh. like Portland. What would it look like? How how could I positively impact um, and 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 offer the means of of self sustenance? Yeah, yeah. Um, to as many people as possible, uh -huh. and what's the smallest parcel that it would that it would require, 
and how could you do it cheaply and son of a gun with with the the input of, of a number of other people mm-hmm. uh, from evergreen state university uh, uh, from a, a bunch of really sharp locals um, and some economic input mm-hmm. um, what we've come to 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 realize is that we can actually and it's, you know we're not talking about huge spaces yeah but we're, t- we're talking about giving people the ability not just to rent but to own uh-huh. their space and and some equity in these 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 workspaces as well uh-huh. and to actually develop venues for as for about two hundred and fifteen dollars a month uh-huh. if you got no equity no equity of savings yeah you can still get in good and you can offer yourself as an honest resource uh-huh. to others in the community and 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 take it from there. Yeah. So it's kind of a cellular approach to, I should say, like cultural antibodies. Right. You know. Well, your your band is involved in 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 uh, a growing number, uh, in, in one of a growing number of of uh, musicians organizations that yes. are. Like you're. you're uh, While well, Rome burns. Yeah. The yeah. Bayou Boys. Bayou Boys, right? Yeah. 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 And uh, uh, Mary Flowers having a big show to benefit the ACLU, and I guess that's guess that's what has to what has to happen, you know. Absolutely. You know. Jeez, sounds kind of like the '60s, doesn't it? Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> it's you know I. I, I, I mean it, you know we we used to have benefits for for our newspaper and bands played. Yeah. You know. <laughs> well, you know, and, and and again, it's like at this point, it's it what we need. Is we need to raise our voices, not just you know, we need to raise our voices for others who are in our shoes. Right, right. You know, look at the you know the, the poorest of the poor are the ones that are stepping up to right. help others. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, someone needs to speak for them. Really. Okay, so we can see you Wednesdays and Sundays. Wednesdays and Sundays. At Blackwell's. Yep. That sounds good. Hey, thanks for coming in, Dave. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate it. God bless you. All right. Bye.